You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. Winning. With your host, Sean Lamont. I was waiting for woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. You know what I did? I put some fucking honey and sugar around the rim and I drank it. Like a basic bitch. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast. Yo! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans. That's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at SeanJPP. Joining me tonight for episode 129, my buddy from another muddy, the OG Olive Garden Pimp, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox. Hi, Steve. Hey, we had a pretty good week. We all want. Wait. At the Knox says on the Twitter bird. <laughs> Shut up. You're done. We're done talking to you. Well, let's start talking to Mr. Elijah Arnold. Hey, Elijah. Hey, girl. It's nice to see you. Ah, wrong, Elijah. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Feels like it's been a really long time since we've done this. Like, obscurely long. Yes, it has been probably nine days since we've last podcasted. And uh, I guess we can thank COVID-19 for that. Because not only did they move the Raven-Steelers game from Thanksgiving to Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. I'm not kidding you. There was a football game played today, Wednesday, for our last week's games. What? So now the Steelers have Thursday, Friday, Saturday before they play again on Sunday? I think they play on Monday, don't they? The Steelers play on Sunday, I'm almost positive, unless they recently changed it. Because they moved Baltimore to Monday. Oh, Steelers are playing Monday. Monday Steelers at 5. at 5 p.m. on Monday. So they must have made an adjustment. Well, good for them. That happened when they moved the game to, about it. to Wednesday. When they made that change, they moved them to the the early game on Monday. And the Cowboys and Ravens game was also going to be played on Monday. And then they were like, no, no, no. Tuesday night football. Are you serious? Yeah. So the Ravens and Cowboys are playing on Tuesday. Who? On Fox oh, at Lord. 8 Is it Carrie Underwood that sings the Monday Night Football song? Waiting all day for Wednesday afternoon. Exactly. She can make some money. Just record <laughs> yep. every day at every time frame. Uh, Who's ready for some Friday morning football? See, so you, you mentioned this, them playing today on Wednesday. This actually guarantees the NFL will play a game on every single day of the week this season. Because they're going to have a game on Christmas. And that's dumb. And that's on Friday. And then later in the season, there are Saturday games towards the end of the season. So, yeah. They're going to make somebody play on Christmas. Yeah. The Saints and Vikings. So, have fun watching your wife's team lose on Christmas Day. Oh, Brighten the Christmas spirit. I won't. I will not. It's forbidden. Pigs like superheroes of them. All right. So we are here for episode 129 tonight. 
And before we get started, I just want to say you, the listener, could also be on our show if you wanted to. We do a special episode called Seven on Sevens where we will bring you on and ask you about your team. Doesn't matter if you're a Ravens fan, a Browns fan, a Bengals fan, a fan of a football team that doesn't have a name. Doesn't matter. Hit us up on the Twitter bird. Email us. Shock therapy us. Doesn't matter. We'll get you on and we'll have an episode. So, episode 129 has begun. And real quick, I just want to... uh, Kind of go around the league, and if there's anything that tickles your fancy, we can go ahead and talk about it, like on Thanksgiving Day, when the Texans smashed the Lions up pretty good, 41-25. to 25. The and Cowboys... Matt Patricia lost his job. Good. Bob about time. Quinn lost his job. It turns out that just... Happy holidays. S- signing every single... Uh, average Patriots player to your roster is not the uh, formula to a winning huh. team. Unless you're Brian Flores, then it's okay. It's, it's been working all right for him. Have you guys actually seen the story on Deadspin about this possible Matt Patricia burner account on Twitter? No. I heard something about it when I turned my car on and it automatically went to WEI for like 10 seconds before I turned it off, but I did not get the information. I uh, I happened to see somebody that I follow on Twitter um, posted the article, and I apologize because I don't remember the gentleman's name who wrote the article, but he is of the suspicion that Matt Patricia has a burner account on Twitter. It's called uh, Eddie P. Lions Fan. The bio says husband and father of three, which Matt Patricia is. Oh, by the way... Matt Patricia's middle name is Edward, and his last name begins with P. And if you go on the Twitter bird and you read said account, which has yet to be deleted, which obviously would look super duper suspicious, um, all he does is defend quote unquote Coach Patricia and blames everything on having a terrible GM and a quarterback that they should have moved on from years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh! It almost seems too obvious. I'm looking at it right now for Eddie P. Lions fan, and it it's either obviously him or it's obviously someone pretending to be him. I don't know if it's the the old double bluff, but uh, yeah, yeah. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. There, you can. There is no way there was any Lions fan out there that was this far behind coach patricia that this is not him like <laughs> in my opinion like come on all right here's wife. my conspiracy theory there was a lions fan that hated him so much they made this account to to, to do the old double buff and be like i'm gonna make it look like matt patricia's burner account but it's really funny too because if you look at the tweets and the dates it like tweets on september 4th and then not again until he got fired <laughs> so hmm. The timetable's a little weird. The account did call Matthew Stafford Matthew Stanford, so I, I'm, yeah, I think it is Matt Patricia. That's okay. Uh, whoever it is, Steve Levy called Carson Carson Wentz Carton Wentz a couple <laughs> times in the game on Monday. Uh, so. Carton, good old <laughs> Cardi Carts. Hey, uh, speaking of turds and waffling irons, 
the Washington football team absolutely waffle stomped the Cowboys 41 to 16. Yikes. How about that Matt McCarthy fake punt play on that? That was Mike. Was good. Is that Matt? Did I say Matt McCarthy? This is... You did. <laughs> good for me. It's been a long Still time since we've done game. this. I will honestly admit that I didn't even realize we'd be talking about Thanksgiving Day games today. <laughs> I didn't feel like a lifetime. I did not prepare. I thought that was an episode we'd already done. But yeah, uh, yeah. when Matt called that, I was pretty surprised too. <laughs> Fucking Matt. It's no wonder. That's that's, a, that's actually Mike McCarthy's burner account. Yeah, Matt McCarthy. He's like he calls up Jerry. Jerry, listen, Matt called that play. I didn't. So I apologize. In the burner account's bio, it just says this is definitely not Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not as clever as that. What, what is he, an aerospace engineer? Oh, my God. So, degrees? obviously, Patricia came from New England, and we heard that story forever. And uh, he got a job based on how fucking smart he was at defense. But if you look at the years he was a defensive coordinator, they weren't that good at defense. Nah. Like, that was, like, his big thing. Uh, you know, the reporters in Detroit are hampering on, oh, you know, you're a defensive coach and like, why isn't your defense playing well late in games? And he was like, oh, I, I pretty much had the greatest defensive call late in the fourth quarter, if uh, if you remember correctly, in NFL history. Like, you'd take another credit from Malcolm Butler yeah. undercutting that route. Yeah. <laughs> that, All that you did was yell, Malcolm, out. go. I think your defense in yeah. Super Bowl 52? Yeah, how was it? Wait, 52? I'm pretty sure Super Bowls just went from 51 to 53. Mm. Big dick new. Yeah. Um, We're going to go back to this uh, Thanksgiving Day game. And Matt or Mike McCarthy, jury's still out who made the call. Uh, (laughs) The coaching in this league is really bad right now. Oh, it's real bad. But about that play specifically, it is up there with the Indianapolis Colts fake punt that they tried to pull. <laughs> yes. Like, the Colts play, I feel like, was dumber in terms of, like, okay, this is what we're going to do, but the Cowboys called it at a way worse time in a way worse position on the field. Like, they were... I guess they thought they might catch him off guard when the uh, the gunner had to run 40 yards to gain, what, nine yards. That's a long way to run. That's not... Uh, that's not good uh, <laughs> smarts. No. Analytics? Yeah. All right. We got to go nine yards. All right. Have him run 40. <laughs> All right. So moving on through the league, Bills over the Chargers, 27-17. Titans spank the Colts, 45-26. The Browns flush the Jaguars, 27-25. That was way more competitive than it should have been, by the way. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. The Giants sneak by the Bungles, 19-17. Dolphins spank the Jets, 20-3. The Falcons freaking hang a 43-burger on the Raiders, beating them 43-6. Thanks for nothing, Josh Jacobs. Saints beat the Broncos, 31-3, in a game that shouldn't have been played. The Niners over the Rams, 23-20. Chiefs over the Bucks 27-24. Packers over the Bears, 41-25. And then today, the Steelers beat the Ravens 19-14. I did leave a couple games out, and that's because 
we are going to talk about them in 5.87753 seconds. But before we do, I just want to get you guys' opinion on should they suspend the season? Should they suspend it at all? Should they do it immediately? What do you guys think? What is your opinion? My opinion is currently they should not suspend the season, but they should also get pretty consistent in what they're going to do when shit happens because we've seen two very different, uh, and not just two, three, four different plans when certain things happen to, to, to teams. Uh, or, or, and this may seem homery, that's fine. Early in the season, the Patriots' uh, starting quarterback gets hit. They go out and they play. A couple other people got it. They go out and they have to play, and they get beat. Uh, the Broncos have to start... Uh, Kendall Hilton, Kendall Hinton. Hinton, who isn't a quarterback and wasn't on the roster. They asked the NFL if they could start their quarterbacks coach because at least he has, you know, taken a snap. Quality control coach. Oh, is that who it was? Who yeah. who had played quarterback? Rob Calabrese. Um, so then they push back the Steelers Ravens game, and then they push back the Steelers Ravens game, and I can keep saying that because they kept doing it. <laughs> so to me. The only thing that is fair is if you can field enough players to go play football, regardless of how good they are, you go play the game. You don't push it back. If you can't do it, then I guess the game's forfeit. You try to run out people that can do it. You, uh, you know, one thing I saw was that they don't pay uh, players when games are forfeited. It's an NFL rule. Take the rule away. Uh, in the, the current, uh, economic, uh, situation that most American households find themselves that are watching NFL games that are supporting the NFL, I don't feel bad if the NFL loses money at all. They could lose $10 billion this year and I wouldn't care. They should still have to do it. People still have to go to work. People still have to make their mortgage payments. These billionaire owners can get over it, either cancel the season, suspend the season, put a product on the field, but stop with this wishy-washy shit that changes from day to day. That's my opinion. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we they they say that the Raven Steelers kept getting moved because of more and more positive tests. They Yeah, sorry. I don't 100% agree with that because if someone tested positive, they're out. Okay, you move on to the next guy. They made the Broncos literally play a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. And he looked like a practice squad wide receiver trying to play quarterback. It was absolutely abysmal. And to the people that's argument for the Raven Steelers being moved was, oh, it has playoff imp implications. That's bullshit. So... So does the Broncos game, who are playing the Saints, who are currently the one seed. Yeah, you just gave the Saints a free win. Exactly. I mean, they probably would have won the game anyway, but... I'm sure it would have been a little more competitive. Definitely, definitely because guess what? Saints that Saints team is not moving the ball well with Taysom Hill. Right. Anyways, no, we, I mean, right. Elijah hit it, you know, right on the head. Like, there needs to be consistency... Um, why can you not move this Broncos game back to an early Monday night, Tuesday night? I mean, you've moved this game all the way back to Wednesday afternoon. And, you know, obviously the Broncos quarterbacks were in their room watching tape. Didn't have their masks on. Bad look for them. But, 
why not get some tests and a little bit more information before you're like, oh, no, they can't play. Because yeah. they, <laughs> nine, ten days in a row now for the Ravens, positive tests coming up. And they were like, yeah, well, you know, we've pretty much isolated these people already. So it's not a big deal. They can play the game. Yeah, in the Broncos then, quarterback room, like you said, it's a bad look. But with that, can you guarantee that the Steelers and the Ravens followed all protocols all the time? No, of yeah, course not. It, of course you not. Wanna, like, you want to talk about the protocols? You, protocols? You brought up earlier, Cam Newton tested positive. NFL obviously does their investigations when there are positive cases. And we saw the debacle that was the Tennessee Titans. And they got fined $350,000. Now, Cam Newton tested positive. NFL does their investigation. Dr. Sills, who is the head of this whole you know, medical you know, profession for the NFL, came out in a statement and said, yeah, you know, we checked tape. Cam Newton was wearing his mask. He was wearing his contact tracer. They followed all protocols. And then they still, three weeks later find the Patriots $350,000. Like this, this, it's comparing apples and oranges. Like the Titans really put, you know, the, the season we gave the, the NFL its first scare of the season was like, Oh man, like if this happens a couple more times, what are we going to do? Like the Patriots had their quarterback and then another player test positive. And they were like, nah, you know what? It's all in the same. Meanwhile, the Saints got fined like a billion dollars and coaches aren't wearing their masks. Pets' heads are falling off. They're losing seventh round picks. Like, there's just no, absolutely no consistency. And this is just like, can we bring back the clown Goodell shirts now? Like, seriously. No. God, those are annoying. We need to. No. Because he's done some very knuckle headed things. Is how the Cardinals. Go against this measly New England Patriots team and can't get out of their own way. Elijah Arnold of the New England Patriot fan club universe area yeah. of your life. Right. How do you guys get so lucky? I'll tell you how. I I don't know. Like, they I don't know. lost that game. <laughs> yeah, of course they should have. I have no idea. Uh... I was positive they were going to lose that game all week. I had absolutely no hope for a victory. And then, you know, I'm sitting there waiting for Nick Folk to, uh, uh, I don't know, break himself before the kick. I don't know. He's not good. And then he just Big boots it through. Kick. And he just boots it through, becomes Nick Folk hero. Thank you. And uh, uh, Big kick Nick better. <sighs> better than... Big kick. Nick Folk hero. Yeah, it's fine. So, uh, Cam Newton's not good at quarterback. Like, I don't think. It doesn't seem like he is, but still, they won. Uh, the defense. He completed more than 50% of his passes if you include the ones he completed to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, no, he's bad. Like, he's bad. Uh, so... The thing Whatever that I system they're trying to run with him is not working. Well, no, it's a hybrid of a uh, college system and a professional system, and also a system for a quarterback that can't do good. Um, yeah, but the process side of that offense is not good. 
No, no. I mean, so we talked about Matt Patricia and how he got a job off of, I don't know, because he had a pencil behind his ear and people thought his beard was cool and he wasn't really smart. Like, Josh McDaniels is getting, like, uh, talk about more head coaching jobs and he's, he's, he's not great. Like, uh, he didn't pull any Matt McCarthy calls, but he's, sometimes (laughs) you're left there scratching your head for everyone where, uh, uh, you know, Julian Edelman or uh, whoever takes an end around and throws it. Uh, one time it was Mohamed Sanu. For every one of those, there's one that gets blown up and doesn't fucking work. Oh, oh, I see what you, you mean. Those plays like kind of like the Philly special. I like <laughs> I I know that I know that the Eagles won Super Bowl Fifty Two. I also know that the Patriots and the Eagles are one in one in Super Bowl matchups now. Admittedly, your victory was more recent, and that does hold higher sway. But like, it's not like you're not the Giants. Like, we're tied, man. Like, one in one, baby. Hey, I'll tell you this: it'll be another fifty-two years before our teams meet in the fucking <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> That's probably true. You're listening to the Joint Practices podcast. <laughs> Wait, 50 years, real quick. I'll be third. Super Bowl eight. 104 here on the moon. I'll be 85. Uh, I don't know if I'll be around at 85. Be 87. What? In 50 years? You'd be 87. In 50 years? 52 Not... years, he said. Oh. Uh, see, I already can't hear well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of teams that should have lost, how about the Vikings? They beat the Panthers, and I can't believe that guy shanked that kick for the Panthers, but he did. Uh, yeah, this is boy oh boy. Talk about a roller coaster of emotions throughout a game. Because you know, the Vikings score first, look like the offense is gonna, you know, pretty much have their way with the Panthers all day long. You know, Panthers come back, tie it up, starts to get a close game. Vikings kick a field goal at halftime, and I'm like, all right, 10-7, would have liked to see better. I think the Vikings are a better team than the Panthers are right now. And the third quarter starts. Bum, bum. And I wanted to pull my fucking hair out because uh, Kirk Cousins gets sacked on their first possession. They got the ball to start the second half. Cousins get sacked. Here comes the fumble. Rookie sensation Jeremy Chin picks up the ball, returns it 17 yards for a touchdown. His friends call him double. (laughs) Yikes. No bueno. I'm like, all right, here we go. Back on the horse. Forget about our mistakes. We can do better. Next possession. Dalvin Cook up the middle. Gets stood up. Now we've seen a lot of these like in the grasp. Forward progress is stopped. Calls in the NFL that I've always been like, ah, that's that's stupid. Just let him play. I I went flip flopped on this one because he wasn't going anywhere, man. There's a pile of 18 people around him, and uh, yeah, ball comes out. Guess who? Jeremy Double Chin. Double Chin. 28-yard return for a touchdown off a fumble this time. What's worse 
Dalvin Cook gets hurt again. So, and now I'm just, you know, I'm beside myself. I don't know what to think. What's the injury report? Serious? Minor? He says he's going to play this coming Sunday, so. Okay. They were asking him about his durability issues this week, and he got real fucking pissed about that. And he's like, that doesn't sound like a question you'd ask Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh. <his> <laughs> yeah. Slap him with your tip. He's, uh, yeah. Looks like he wants to play. <laughs> we'll see, you know, whether or not he's been limited participant in practice. But back to the game, you know, you're down 11 points, and I, it just felt like this isn't a Panthers team that can stop you from scoring twice. Because in my mind, I'm going, well, you kick a field goal, score a touchdown, go for two, tie it up, you know, and hope things work out for you uh, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the overtime. Not, not what the Vikings like to do. Kick the field goal, give up a field goal. Oh, good. Still down 11. And then uh, Kirk Cousins hits Justin Jefferson for his second touchdown of the game. Beautiful. What a fucking route he ran on that, by the way. He's not good. He stinks. <laughs> he made that instep on the, the cornerback that was guarding him, and he had eight yards of separation instantly. Easy pitch and catch. And then once again, Vikings do a great job. Shut down the Panthers near midfield. Going to get the ball back. Just down three. Only need a field goal to tie it up. Send it to overtime. And what happens? Chad Beebe tries to catch the punt with his eyes closed. And Don Beebe's kid. So here we go. The Panthers got the ball inside the 10-yard line. Man, hey, good job from the defense. And that's what I took away from this game. I felt like the defense has played in this game better than they played any other game. And it's good because it's a team you should beat and you should be able to, you know, tell them, hey, we're better on this side of the ball than you are on that side of the ball. Hold them to a field goal. And it's Kurt Coupon's time, baby. Cash him in! (laughs) So they kick the ball back to the Vikings. And for some reason, Matt Rule thought it was a good idea. Hey, I know, you know, it's a two-minute drive here. There's a minute 50 seconds left on the clock, but... And I'm just spitballing here. Why don't we only rush three guys and drop eight into coverage and win that way? And how many times have we heard Sean say he hates Sticks defense on this podcast? 77. Yeah, it's it's been a lot. And that's what the Panthers did. And Kirk Cousins just, okay, I'll take a step to the left. I'll take a step to the right. Let me stand here for eight seconds. Hey, look, Kyle Rudolph's open. Boom. Hey, dink and dunk and dink and dunk and dink all the way down the field. And honestly, in my opinion, I thought they scored way too early on that final drive. But hey, you got to get the points up. Got to try to take the lead. And they did so, uh, scoring a touchdown. 46 seconds left in the game. Go up by one. And then... Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got me a little nervous because he threw up a prayer to uh, Curtis Samuel. Caught it near midfield. Get another couple of yards. Here's the opportunity for, what's his first, Joey Sly? He's uh, apparently just got a Not monster leg. Not very is his first name. Matt, uh, Matt Rule has, 
I think he even had him try a 67-yarder at some point this year. Has supreme confidence in the guy, but from 54 yards, he just tried to juice it up a little too much and did his best Blair Walsh impersonation. And hey, somebody else missed a kick in order for the Vikings to win. What a nice change of events. How 2020. (laughs) My, how the turns have tabled, huh? Oh, my. Mm-hmm. I mean, you won, but did did we really win? <laughs> you didn't lose? Yeah, I think like, you won. That's won how it works. Game. If you scored more points, you won. But we're still a game under 500 and moving further and further away from the top of the draft. Are you who you thought hey! you were? I know where I am, and mm-hmm. that's Oxford, Maine, baby. I guess we have to talk about Monday Night Football and the event that took place there, which I do not remember because I'm blocking it out mentally. The Philadelphia Eagles predictably lose to the Seattle Seahawks. DK Metcalf is a grown-ass man, and there is not a human on earth that can keep him down. So, he did I. I'll get him the next time. I want to tell you why I'm upset. Am I upset that the Philadelphia Eagles lost? Not really. We all knew it was coming. I had accepted it when the schedule came out, when I saw Seattle's name, because we apparently can't beat them. We haven't since 2008, just so we're clear. But then all these stories come and start breaking. You hear the story about how the GM, Howie Roseman, literally tells Doug who's active on game day. So Doug does not get to choose his players that he puts on the field. Now reports are coming out from the owner saying, if Carson struggles, you will put Jalen Hurts in. So now the owner and the GM are telling the coach what to do, who to put on the field. It's almost amazing to think, wow, this offense isn't working. What could possibly be wrong? There's no cohesion. Doug has an image of his offense, and he can't execute it because, A, Carson's struggling. The line is atrocious. Jason Peters, RIP homie, time to hang him up. It's some it's a one giant nightmare that just won't end every week. We saw in this game against the Seahawks, their first four drives were three and outs. Mistakes, uh bad execution. I didn't really have a whole lot of feelings about the play calling. And then they started going tempo, and they started going back to the like the RPOs, the quick hitters, get the ball out of Carson's hand. They went down the field, was it seven plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown? I literally tweeted after that drive, and I was like, Doug, do more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Please do that more, or whatever it was. And they did it a couple more times throughout the game, and it was working. They were moving the ball, and then just... Uh, This team is so frustrating to watch because I knew they were going to lose. I had accepted it. But sure enough, in the third quarter, they gave me hope that, holy shit, maybe we can compete. Maybe we're figuring it out. But no. The final score, 23-17, is a big, fat sham. That game was not that close. Backdoor cover, baby. Literally had a freaking Hail Mary completion and a two-point conversion to make this a one-score game with 12 seconds left in the game. So it's not like they were down one <laughs> score late and how, just couldn't get it done. So Pour one out from the keg for that one. How pissed off 
would you have been if you're one of these people that bet Seattle minus six and a half? You get that big Hail Mary, and then for no other reason than to piss off people who bet on the game, Doug goes for two. You, If you kick the extra point there, it's a seven-point game. Why go for two? <laughs> because he doesn't trust his kicker. He already missed one extra point. That's true. True enough. But it, at that point, it just seems like... With that it, thinking, then, the if... If you kick the extra point and miss it again, then you're going to have to score another touchdown, and you're going to have to go for two anyway. So might as well get an extra shot at the two. Is that what you're thinking with 12 seconds left? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you get an onside kick and another Hail Mary, you never know. So if if the owner and G- so if Doug Peterson get fired, I think we I'd be all fucking lit. But I think we can all agree that. He would have another head coaching job, if not when he got fired, within a year. I think. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. So if those orders are coming down from on high, you do this. If you're Doug Peterson, don't... And and you're a Super Bowl winning coach and you know that you're you're not at the end of the line in terms of your opportunities. Don't you just say fuck it and do what you want? Which kind of felt like what he did because that story came out that Jalen Hurts was taking first team reps in practice. Jalen Hurts was going to see increased playing time, including, uh, you know, plays with Carson Wentz off the field. He had two snaps, two. That's it. Uh, I think that was Doug th- flipping it out and just saying like, "Listen, you keep having me switch my quarterbacks in and out. They can't get in a rhythm. This is what happens." You yep. did this. Yeah, this is like it's like New Orleans with Taysom Hill. Like when Drew Brees is healthy, why would you not want him on the field? I just it doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. It's the same thing like these old guys that own the team and GM the team telling the coach, "Hey, if Carson struggles, then well, I guess it's time to put our second round quarterback in that we just drafted." What do you think is going to improve by that? Other than making sure Carson doesn't get hurt, n- nothing nothing is going to improve by making that. And honestly, it might hurt Carson Wentz more down the road. Like why take playing time away from him? It's it's crazy it to me that and I understand we're dealing with human egos here of very rich human beings, and that's just something I don't understand because I don't have that much money. But if you look at successful franchises over the last 20 years, what is one common denominator between all of them? Not the name of the head coach, not anything. It's owners that stay out of the way. That's what it. Yep, that's yep. 100% true. Whether it's Robert Kraft, the, the mayor, is, uh, uh, whoever it is. Who owns the Seahawks? Uh, it was Paul Allen till he died. Yeah, see, exactly. You don't know who it is now. <laughs> that's the point. Probably one you of Paul Allen's kids, I guess. Uh, yeah, like, no, it, that, that's one common Cowboys thing. Game. Yeah. Like every Cowboys game, guess who they're putting on on TV? And they're overplay. And, and what happens when the owner's Dan involved Snyder. is they what, over... Oh. What was the narrative in that Monday night game when they put Howie Roseman... And uh, owner, what the fuck is his name? Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah, Jeff Lurie. So they're putting those guys on TV. 
And what is the story that they bring up? Oh, Lori wasn't at an Eagles game last week for the first time since he's owned the team. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Whatever, man. <laughs> like, it's so yeah, stupid. The whole thing was because he's um, he was frustrated with the team, so he did it in protest. You're literally you're bringing yourself into Cleveland Browns territory here. Where up oh, we're gonna have a meeting with the owner and the GM before the game and we're gonna tell you what plays to run. That's worked real well in Cleveland, considering they just solidified their first not losing season since two thousand and two, I think it right. is. Right. <laughs> like, come on. Now, to be fair, Jerry Jones treats his team like he's playing a real-life version of uh, uh, Madden football. And if you're a billionaire and you want to do that, that's your right. You can do it. Yep. <laughs> you can't tell you how to spend your money. You can't. I, yeah, you spend your money like you want, baby boy. But don't expect it to work well. Like, for every draft success you look at for Jerry Jones drafting, uh, there's multiple failures. So. Yeah, but, I mean, the team has never been the same since Jimmy Johnson left. And the reason Jimmy Johnson's left is because Jerry Jones wanted more credit, and then they never won again. Exactly. Well, they did win once, but it was with Jimmy Johnson's players that, and Barry Switzer. It was, was very quickly after. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, again, just listen. You're an owner. You hire the guy who manages the team, the roster, the personnel, whatever. You hire a guy to coach the team. Here are the pieces. Put it together. Make it work. I hired my friend. If it doesn't work. You fire those guys and you move on to somebody else. I hired my friend David but, to put a roof on. I wasn't out there telling him how to put the roof on. I don't know shit about roofing. That's, that's like <laughs> I'm also that, scared uh, of heights. Is it a progressive commercial? Like learn how to not be your parents? Yes. Yeah, that's progressive. <laughs> what is that? A... Uh, a general spanner, great choice there, Steve. The guy's like, "Hey, you hired him. You're not, you're not assisting him." <laughs> like the one when the guy's backing His hair up. Is blue. He's like, "Keep going, keep going." You don't know him. You yeah. don't know him. Yeah, like literally, just I mean, you own the team. They're making you a shit ton of money. Make your hires, make your fires, and let them do their jobs. <laughs> it's so stupid that. Like, these conversations are happening. Like, doesn't mean good things moving forward, unfortunately. Unless egos get in check. I can see a scenario where the Philadelphia Eagles don't win another game for the rest of the year. Forever. But if they're going to miss the playoffs, isn't that what you want? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. But I also can't actively root for them to lose, like... I'm I don't care way. if we go into week 17 and if they lose, they get the number three pick, just say, or if they win, they get the number seven pick. I'm still, well, I'm going to want them to get that good pick, but I'm still going to root for them. I mean, it's like I just mentioned with the, the Vikings, like you won, but did you really? But then I, I sat there watching the end of the game and to watch them, you know, throw that touchdown to go up and I'm like fuck yeah let's go team is four and six at that point <laughs> and I'm even more excited when the, the, the Panthers missed the kick to lose the game so yeah it's tough to root against your team but at the same time you start getting in these scenarios where you're like I guess it's just better if we lose 
Even though the Eagles will probably draft a quarterback because they are a quarterback factory. So. Oh, fuck me. You are IP. <laughs> if I'd never have to hear that again, I'd be happy. All right. So the Eagles suck. I guess we got that one under control. Let's check out the playoff picture. Powerhouse, yeah, they building up the dream scene. Sleeper teams keep trucking. Watch out for the six Playoff picture clearing up. Unlike Steven's eyes. All right. Playoff picture heading in to week 13 of the NFL's terrible COVID 2020 season. Where all the numbers are made up and the seating doesn't matter. Let's start in the AFC with the Steelers' Wednesday afternoon victory and the JV varsity game. <laughs> now, Steelers move to 11-0. and will hold on to the one seed. They are very, very close to clinching a playoff spot if they didn't already. You got the Chiefs at the two seed at 10-1. and The... Uh... Yeah, you just mentioned that. The Steelers, with that win, actually are the first team to clinch a playoff Okay, spot. I knew they were close. So the two seed is the Chiefs, 10-1. and one. They would currently be hosting the seven seed, which is now the Indianapolis Colts at 7-4. and four. Interesting matchup there, Frankie Wright. The three seed is now the Tennessee Titans at 8-3. and three. They would be hosting Elijah's Miami Dolphins at 7-4. and four. I don't even know the Dolphins cheer. Let's go, Fins. Fins up. Fins up for Hammurabi. The four seed would be the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) The Bills at eight and three would host the eight and three Cleveland Steamers. The Browns. Interesting matchup. And that is who would be in right now uh in the hunt the raidens raidens the ravens and the raiders at six and five the patriots at five and six and the broncos a la denver four and seven technically still in the grizzle grazzle razzle dazzle patriots aren't making the playoffs sorry elijah nfc the one seed is currently the nolan saints the two seed is still the Packers at eight and three. That is eight and three. They would be hosting Kyler and the Cardinals as the seven seed at six and five. Currently, I want to see Kyler get into the playoffs. Even if they're a one and done, I just want to see him. The three seed is the Seattle Seahawks, eight and three. They would be hosting the Tampa Bay Gronkineers at seven and five. Please punch me if I ever say that again. Okay. I'm good. God, I'm good. God, that's disgusting to hear. So, yeah, Seahawks, Bucks. That'd be an interesting matchup. 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 <laughs> take Ravens. take two. <laughs> the Raidens, the four seed Giants Raiders. at four and seven, tearing the league apart. I would take on the f- seven and four five seed Rams. That would not be a good matchup. I mean, there's going to be some shakeup uh, big time in this playoff picture come this time next week because, like you were mentioning, the Rams, Cardinals, they play this week. Uh, the 
Browns and Titans play each other. They're both eight and three. So mm. going to see some uh, interesting things happening. But don't fret, Steve, because the Vikings are still in the hunt at five and six, tied with the Bears. The Lions technically still in the hunt. Four and seven. Uh, ooh, the 49ers also climbing back to five and six. So they are technically still in the hunt as well. That could be a sneaky, streaky team with a bad quarterback. Heard of those? I have one. Just kidding. I love you, Carson. You're the man. Forever the GOAT. Eagles are technically still in the playoffs, guys. At three, seven, and one. <laughs> And I would say the Eagles finished the year at, I don't know, 5, 10, and 1. And, and if they win, win the division, at <laughs> 5, 10, and 1, we are having a cupcake party. Everybody has to make their own flavor, and we just eat cupcakes. Still in the race as well is Washington and Dallas, both at 3 and 7. Dallas 3 and 8. Dallas is 3 and 8. Washington is 4 and 7. That's what I said. Booby trap. Did you mention the Bears? Are they still alive? Yes, I did. Okay. I missed it. Yeah, so uh, the NFC least. We're almost at a point where we're guaranteed to have a sub-500. Well, it's it's funny, too, because you bring up the NFC North teams that are still in the race, and they're all under 500, too. Yeah, but a game. We're like three, four games over here. Uh, Anyways, three games under (laughs) that is your playoff picture going into week 13. So pay attention. Watch the games. Throw some money down. See if you're in your watch. What time is it? It's all time, baby. Studs and duds. Studs and duds. It's all time for studs and duds. And duds for week numero 12 are here. Get used to it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, (laughs) children of all ages. Somebody hit me with a study. I about Antonio Gibson on (laughs) Turkey Day. Come, come, motherfucker. Yeah, uh, 20 carries, 115 yards, and three touchdowns. That run defense from Dallas is a sieve. Elijah, you just got so up to give your stud, and you got shut down. That's fine. So what I was going to say is I'm going to give my stud, and I hate this person so much, but it was impossible to ignore on a football level. Do I think he's a bad person? Yeah, I do. Do I hate his team? Yeah. Is his quarterback Kermit the Frog? That's also true. But the stud in terms of football this week is Tyreek Hill. He put up uh, like Madden on rookie difficulty numbers, just spamming With that A button, just up. gone. Uh, 269 yards is not a number that wide receivers traditionally receive. Uh, and then a bunch of touchdowns. So In the pro three. level. I feel dirty. I feel gross saying this, but Tyreek Hill this week in terms of football – was a stud. Uh, and not to mention, you meant you you say the rookie Madden numbers. First quarter, 
Seven receptions, 203 yards. He slowed down after that, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, they figured out, hey, we should probably put a guy over the top of him so as to not let him catch more touchdowns, but he still managed to find a way to do it. Well, my first stud, kind of weird saying, stud, is women in football. And you might be asking yourself why that is a stud because, well, first of all, in the college ranks this past weekend, we had the first female to play in a Power 5 school game for Vanderbilt University, Sarah Fuller, the kicker, the national champion soccer playing kicker, kicked off for Vanderbilt. Hey, it doesn't matter. She's national champion. I know she is. I was just saying. And now she's played in a college football game, which is awesome, and break the walls down, like Chris Jericho would say. The other part of that was, due to COVID, the Browns had some um, coaching staff that could not, you know, coach this past weekend. So um, Stefanski literally has a chief of staff, a woman named Callie Brownson. She actually was the first woman to coach a position group in an NFL game because she stepped in. I think it was the tight end coach, I I believe it was. I think that's right. I believe the coach's wife was having a baby. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. You think back to last year, you used to see the Microsoft Surface commercials with um, um, totally blanking on her name right now, but... She's one of the offensive specialists for the San Francisco Forty Nineers. Oh, Becky yep. the Icebox O'Shea. She's in that Marshawn commercial. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's another week with a little giant. Right? It is. You're welcome. Every week. Uh, my second stud, Derrick Henry. Oh, look at this! Two running backs that absolutely whooped my ass in fantasy this week. King Henry, 27 carries, 178 yards, and three touchdowns. And Good luck slowing this guy down, and here we go again with the Titans just running the ball all over everybody down the stretch. And another potential playoff team this week in the Colts, whose defense is actually really good. All right, my second stud is Mr. DK Metcalf for catching just about everything under the sun and making Darius Slay look 30 years old. Good trade, though. I still love Darius Slay. I still think he's the obviously the best corner on the team, but he is still a top corner in this league. But DK's a freak, and he's going to get you, and you just got to hang in there, and I think he did. So DK had a hell of a game, so he's a stud. Full-grown man. Uh, he is a really, really, really grown man. My second stud is Will Fuller. He had a really good game, and uh, I'll get back to him in a couple minutes, but... Caught a bunch of passes, gained a bunch of yards, did a great job. So you want to get to him more or not? He's also my first dud because he's suspended for six weeks for PEDs, and he won't play again until week two of next year, and he's on a contract year, so that's pretty fucking stupid. I hate that term that he is suspended for PEDs because there's no context. It makes it sound like he was shooting steroids up, you know, in his arm, when it's really a prescribed medication that got flagged, but the real kicker of the story that he'd been taking the medicine for most of the year and it never came up on a failed test, but now this week it did. But you gotta know Which what you're putting in your body. 
Yeah, it's also questionable because his teammate, Bradley Roby, also got danged for PEDs this week. There are a lot of rumblings about how their strength and conditioning coach, Brian Cushing, former Houston Texan, who was also missed multiple games because he tested positive for PEDs. So, I'm just saying, they haven't really run a clean operation down there. So, well, I'll give Will Fuller the benefit of the, of the doubt and believe him with his statement. I'm still unsure. <laughs> I'm sorry, did somebody say dickheads? I thought somebody said dickheads. Was that? No, no I thought we were talking about Cam Newton. Sorry, I heard dickhead, thought you were talking about Cam Newton. Who is my first dud? Because the Patriots did win their game. But he played like hot garbage, doused in gasoline, under the sun. With a magnifying glass. From the pavement, through a straw. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) Not only did Cam play like garbage, and that game was incredibly difficult to sit through. He cost me the week in fantasy because I was told... To start his stupid ass over Carson Wentz. So I did. Carson puts up a 20-burger. Newton put up like six, I think. If I'm lucky. Uh, What a jerk. Speaking of quarterbacks not getting you any sort of points here. um, My second stud isn't actually a quarterback, but it's the Las Vegas Raiders. You said stud! You said stud! You sound different than you did before. <laughs> Why do you sound different than you did before? Uh, yeah. Dud number one. Las Vegas Raiders. It, absolute Chucky show. Like, week in and week out, you're like, this team's a playoff team. Oh, nope. Never mind. I was mistaken. They're not. They, uh, nope. They're a playoff team. You're six and four playing against the three and seven Atlanta Falcons. And you lose the game 43-6. to That's right. The only points you scored were by Minnesota Vikings great Daniel Carson, who didn't even <laughs> last his entire rookie season on the roster. Like, absolutely terrible. What's even worse is the Falcons scored 43 points, and Matt Ryan only got me, like, 17 in fantasy. How do you score 43 points? Your quarterback gives you 17 fantasy points. What you talking about, Willis? It's not, not like they had like a crazy day running the ball. No, you know? I'll talk about the Raiders for a second. My uh, second dud is Derek Carr, or as I call him, uh, Turnover Carr. I don't know. I thought I had a better joke. So he threw one interception and then <laughs> like he... Like rollover. Uh, the rollover? Yeah, that's pretty good. So he had one interception, but then he had... Uh, um, I think the technical term is butterfingers. Uh, he just kept dropping the ball and the other team would pick it up. And that was how he played football. So he threw for a decent amount of yardage. He only threw one interception, but then he had the the old whoops for three fumbles. Talking about bad quarterbacking, uh, Cam Newton, roll over a car. How about Jared Goof, huh? Way to just quarterback your team into maybe not making a playoff push. They probably will. They're still in pretty good standings, but... You go 19 for 31, 198 yards, and two interceptions against the 49ers, whose roster is starting to come back together week by week a little bit. But it's still quarterback by Nick Mullins. I saw somebody tweet that 
um, the Niners could run slant to Debo Samuel every single play and nobody could stop them. <laughs> it probably could. I mean, the guy had a monster game. and I mean, only the fact that he doesn't score a touchdown, but 11 catches, 133 yards. Like, yes, give him the ball every single time. Make Nick Mullins have an easy throw to him on any play. That's the way that you, you know, find your way back into, I guess, relevance. But that, and they got Raheem Mostert back this week. But, yeah, Jared Goff is supposed to be this, you know, oh, he's the next great quarterback. And he just continues to only look like the guy in the notebook. Oh, yeah, he does look like that guy. (laughs) It was us all along, Jared. I watched the notebook. It's fine. All right. My last dud is field goal kickers. Extra point kickers place kickers. From game tying field goals to game winning field goals to extra points. This was one of the worst kicking weeks of the 2020 season. And I hate it. I hate kickers. I We should go for two every time. That's Go for two. Go for gold. Just right kickers right out of history. You get the ball at the 25 automatically, or you can go for, I don't know, the old fumble rooski onside punt throw. Night. You have to shoot it from three from the 50-yard line, rock yep. and jock style. Yep. So, studs and duds. We're all study. We're all duddy. I didn't like how kickers played this week. They cost me points. They got me points. It was just stupid. I Plays of the week are coming up next. Plays of the week. Having a good time. Plays of the week. Never a Plays of the week for week 12 are here. Get used to it. And it's going to be a fun one. Because let me ask you guys this. You guys heard of the Hail Murray, right? Hail Murray. Yeah. You heard about the Herbert heave, right? Oh, yes. I have. How about the back door doesn't mean anything towards the game's final outcome? Hail Mary from one C-dubs the goat off the fulgum to Dick Rod. <laughs> Did you know that Richard Rogers now has two Hail Mary touchdowns in his career? Two. It's pretty good. That throw, Carson Wentz just heaves it up. There's 12 seconds left. Who gives a shit? Well, Fulgham, he gave a shit because he went up for it, dribbles down, dick rod with the one-hand slab, touchdown Eagles. I've always said when I think of scoring late, I think of dick rod. My play of the week was (laughs) Carson Wentz realizing he had the quarterback snape in that game and yelling, dick, 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 dick. And Brian Greasy going, Goose. oh, yeah, he went with the old Richard call. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, seriously, my play of the week is the Chad Baby Redemption Tour. I mentioned in the recap of the Vikings game, he muffs the punt uh, late in the game, giving the Panthers optimal position to win that game. They didn't. And uh, Kirk Coupons. Comes flying down the field, leads a fourth quarter game-winning drive without Adam Thielen or Dalvin Cook on the field. How about that? How about and it? He finds. How about that? Yeah, you like that? You like that? No. Do you? Nope. 
Nope. <laughs> no, I don't. But yeah, he uh, hooks up with Chad Beebe, of all people. Don Beebe's kid. 10-yard touchdown. Put the Vikings up for good. So, uh, G-O-O-D, good, good. Good job, Chad. First uh, NFL touchdown. And made up for, you know, made us all forget. Completely redeem yourself. That's what it's all about. So, what is this? They're IOUs. My play of the week was kind of an adventure, <laughs> and here's why. So, my play of the week is Trace McSorley to Hollywood Brown. Now, I know what you're going to say. That's a late game touchdown that didn't mean anything. Who cares? You know, he came in, he threw it. It was fine. You know, it was long, but it, was, it wasn't great. And that's what she said. Yeah. And, uh,. <laughs> Stop talking to my wife. And uh, the reason I picked this is because when I was preparing for this episode, I watched an eight-minute long YouTube video of Week 13 Plays of the Week. And uh, it wasn't until about minute nine that I realized it was from 2019. (laughs) When they called the Washington football team by the wrong name. And I went, wait a second. This seems wrong. And then I thought back to the beginning of the episode, or the video I was watching, and thought, oh yeah, those players don't play for that team anymore. So then I got upset and just picked the last play I remembered, because I was done with research. So that's why Trace McSorley has my play of the week. Yeah, who had Trace McSorley for uh, throwing half the touchdown passes in this game? I don't even One think his know, parents sure we'll had that. some better on Twitter. <laughs> a, uh, a wondrous... Stat line, two for six, 77 yards and a touchdown. Good day, good day. That's pretty good. That's why I picked him. Plays of the week, having a good time. <laughs> I was so mad. All right, guys, we did it. Made it to the end of episode 129 of the Joint Practice Podcast here on the Joint Practice Podcast Network. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Don't know why I did though. Just for nine ninety nine a month, <laughs> you can subscribe and watch all our pay per views. You know, if you sent us fifty dollars a day for life, we could make one hell of a podcast for you guys. Just saying. Day after day after day. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. Don't be racist. Be kind. Drink water, and love each other. Long time. And wherever you're listening, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or Blueberry. Rate, subscribe, review, all day, all along. One of these days I want Elijah to hit you with a bean pod and you won't ever see it coming. I really wouldn't. Oh, oh boy. Uh, or you can tweet us. <laughs> Elijah's thinking he's throwing produce at me or something. Guys, I struggled with this enough last week. Can I please concentrate for a second? I don't know. It sounded pretty good on the playback. It did, because you merged five takes into one. (laughs) So we're just going to do it once now like a professional. All right. Or you can tweet us at Joint Practices, at Sean, JPP, at The Knox Says, at Wrong Elijah. Send us a tweet with the hashtag Elijah Eats a Moose. It's hunting season in Maine. Uh, Let us know you're listening. We would love to hear more from you. I'd like the hashtag Elijah eats anus. <laughs> it's actually pronounced a noose. A lot like what he just said. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Uranus. <laughs> I hated that. That made me so mad. 
like, what's the, what's the seventh place planet from the sun? It's like Uranus. It's actually Uranus. No, it isn't. Get the <laughs> Nobody says that. Uranus. You're in the wrong class, fool. <laughs> you car. go back to the class where they say Pluto's one. not a planet. First off, Pluto is definitely a planet. This is a class for people who believe Pluto is a planet? It is a planet. Hung like the, the planet Pluto, or just see with the naked eye. But if I crashed into Uranus, I'd stick it where the sun don't shine. Skull Vikings. Fly goes fly, baby. Uh, Pluto's a planet. <laughs> Six pink in a drift! Yeah! Is that going to make it on? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I want it to or not.